sight. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Minutes after the hour. Hey, welcome to the show. Ashley Frasca here for you. Green and growing. I'll be here for three hours, and I want you to be a part of the show. 404-872-0750. A lot to get into today. Uh, maybe a little conversation about day lilies because some will bloom again. So I want to give you some insight on how to make that happen. Uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, Walter Reeves. And I've got a lot of questions about fertilizers, just which to use, shelf stability, um, what the different kinds are, what benefits which plants. So that's going to be a pretty, hopefully, um, interesting and informative conversation with Walter Reeves, the Georgia gardener at the bottom of the hour. Of course, coming up throughout the show, the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend. Yes, things are soggy, so I may not recommend you mow the grass if you can get away with not doing it this weekend, but uh, everything's really wet, so we've got some other things for you to work on. And then Pike Nursery has some mosquito solutions. I cannot wait to hear those guys because they're getting into my house now. I love leaving the door to the back deck open and uh, just, you know, being able to bring in the fresh air and hear the birds outside. But mosquitoes, flies, and everybody else comes in as well. So uh, Pike's Pike Nursery will be along with some solutions for that. So a lot of show material that I get from all of you comes from Facebook. Uh, when you follow me on Green and Growing WSB, that's the Facebook page. I don't have a website. I don't, I may one day, I don't have time to keep up with the website. That sounds like a lot of work. But uh, messages from Facebook. So John sent me one recently and said, I've got this beautiful Bermuda lawn, uh, little two to three inch brown circles though. And I'm wondering if it's grubs, how can I get rid of them? And I said, well, look, I need to see pictures. So he sent great pictures, like his hand um, in the picture in relation to, you know, how large these spots were in the Bermuda. A lot of them are along like a walk or a driveway, it appears. Um, So I reached out to Clint Waltz, turf grass expert at the University of Georgia, and said, you know, what might this be? I, I don't think it's grubs. Um, I don't think it's any kind of herbicide damage or anything. And Clint said, you know, I'm going to talk to some some people here at UGA, and it could be a sugarcane beetle. So that's something new and interesting, something that I hadn't heard of much before. So here's kind of what we think, um, based on some of the research folks at the University of Georgia are doing. Sugarcane be- beetles primarily found on warm season turf grasses like Bermuda, like zoysia, uh, adult activities usually during the early nighttime hours. So that could be why John got up the next day and looked out and said, what in the world? And once daylight comes, they attempt to dig away from the sunlight. And it's known that adult beetles are attracted to lights at night. Characteristics have been used to sample and monitor the beetle and lighting control or just switching less attractive bug light type bulbs can reduce the problems and situations, but uh, they're found in turf grass canopy and at the soil surface. So that may have a lot to do with why John was finding that discoloration. Now, this guy's a little hard to see. Um, very small little beetle, black, um, small punctures along his wings, vertical stripes, um, the stripes may, or his body may be about half an inch long, so kind of kind of smaller. But that could be something to look out for. Who knew? And I kind of thought that maybe I would entertain you guys with some other insect pests of turf grass because now is going to be the time to see them, right? It's heating up. It's humid outside. Uh, there's a lot of moisture. 
So first of all, let's talk about army worms, right? They've got a length of about half an inch as well. Um, also, caterpillars are moths. Their bodies are kind of greenish when they're smaller, but more brown when fully grown. You're going to see the caterpillars feeding on the turf and what that damaged turf is going to look like. It just appears ragged and different blades of the lawn are showing signs of chewing damage. So that's going to be easy to see. When numerous army worms devour the grass to the ground, then you've got this skeleton-looking grass blade. Um, so, of course, that's going to be a problem. So irrigation, proper irrigation, is going to be one thing. Um, and then populations do tend to increase after drought conditions. So that's not going to be a problem right now for army worms. But just maintaining that consistent soil moisture to help manage army worms. Um, and then we've got cinch bugs. A lot of you experience that as well. Cinch bugs, that can occur throughout the state. They lay their eggs kind of in sheaths or crevices in protected places in the lawns. So typical injury there for cinch bugs, that kind of appears as spreading patches of brown dead grass. So you'll just notice it expanding out. St. Augustine is the most seriously injured, but others can be those warm season grasses like zoysia, bermuda, centipede. Um, and then just what you need to do, a coffee can or something a similar size with ends cut away, push it down two or three inches into the turf just to kind of see if that's where they're located. The can can be filled, uh, filled with water and kept full for maybe five to seven minutes. And that's funny, the cinch bugs, if they're in that one little spot, they're going to float to the top. Um, and then you need to treat them, talk to your lawn service, or um, call 1-800-ASK-UGA-1 to get your local extension office and kind of be like, okay, this is what I have. And also, too, it helps when we get in touch with our county extension agents. Not only are they helping you with a problem that you have, but you're helping them as well because we rely on them in the state of Georgia to track things, to track uh, waves and patterns of things that, you know, maybe like red tip fetinia. I'll just never forget that, that blight um, that happened a number of years back. You know, the more and more people that are noticing their red tips kind of dying out, um, researchers and, and, you know, environmentalists are able to say, okay, this is really, this is a blight. This is a disease. This is a problem. So the more of you that call with patterns and things like that, that really helps the University of Georgia system kind of pinpoint those things and hopefully get uh, get an early jump on them. And white grubs. So that's maybe what John thought he had in the beginning. C-shaped insects, three pairs of, of legs, you know, whitish gray. Um, their head's brown though. So grub feeding, it destroys the roots of the lawn, leaving the tops to just wither and die. Any heavy infestation, the roots are pruned off to the extent that the turf can actually be rolled back like a carpet. They chew those roots away. Symptoms of grub damage include yellowing and browning of the grass and signs of drought stress when the moisture levels are good. And the grass can feel spongy when you have a lot of grubs. And of course, you having grubs in the lawn as well, that's going to attract moles, right? And then when the grass feels spongy, you don't know if it's, you know, the grubs softening everything up from eating the roots or if it's actually tunnels and moles getting in there. So you have to get rid of the grubs for a number of reasons there. Um, time insecticide applications to target the early stages. So applications during July and August are recommended. And during that time of year, the grubs are small and they're near the soil surface. But later in the season when they're bigger, they're deeper down. You'll have to use like a spade to cut maybe three sides of a strip, one square foot by two to three inches deep. Force the spade under the sod and kind of lay it back. Um, 
you'll peel it back and then just really be able to see, count the grub, see what you've got, and then just use the um, the right insecticide. So that's coming up. That'll probably show up on a to-do list for sure for July or August is go ahead and be ahead of grub treatment. So there you go. There's some common insect problems you may have. Of course, that doesn't run the gambit. We've also got spittle bugs, which those are interesting. That literally looks like a small a small spot of, you know, someone spit in the lawn. Those are kind of interesting. Um, Cutworms, that's going to affect some lawns as well. So as you see symptoms, you are welcome to call. And if I don't know the answer, I can most likely get in touch with someone that does. So that's the good thing about this show. We all kind of work together. Uh, 404-872-0750 is the number to get on Green and Growing. And that's exactly how JD in College Park got through just now. Hey, my friend, how are you? Good morning, Miss Frasca. How are you, ma'am? I always love hearing from you. Good morning. Good morning. You're so kind. I appreciate you very much, ma'am. Thanks. And I love your show. I listen to it every week. I mean, it is, you have a great show. You're I knew the you one. would do well. <laughs> You're the one that I knew that you listens. would do very well. <laughs> oh, thanks. Listen, uh, I should have called you three, perhaps four months ago. Uh, last fall, I planted about 500 um, dwarf mondo plants. What happened was I did not fertilize them because I was told that it was too close to the season to where they were about to go dormant. So I did not, but I did, I've gotten so many conflicting answers over the past weeks and months for that matter. Uh, some people tell me to go ahead and broadcast it with 10, 10, 10. Some say, no, 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 no. Just simply spread just a, maybe a, a half a teaspoon around each plant. And boy, that's a lot of work. I just don't know what to do. And I wonder, have I messed things up? Have I waited too late to do anything? Please help me, Miss Frasca. <laughs> and I will try my best. And you're very smart to uh, be looking at a Mondo lawn, J.D., because it's a lot lower maintenance. It's tough and it's thick and it has an easier time choking out weeds, not to mention it's just green and beautiful. So that is it a is. lot of work. It takes some time to spread. Um, and Walter Reeves is actually doing the same thing in his lawn. It, it takes a long time to spread. Um, but you had so many plants that you really got something good in there. So I will tell you, um, whoever gave you the advice, you know, once it's going to kind of start browning up and dying, yeah, you don't want to fertilize then. Anything you want to fertilize when it's in active growth, right? Um, right. And fertilizing, I mean, yeah, probably 10, 10, 10, um, slow release or something like that. I think, and don't quote me on this, if you're looking at the bag, generally like one tablespoon per one square foot. So that seems mm-hmm. like a lot. That really does. Broadcast it. That should be just fine. Oh, great. That sounds good. And it's not too late to do that. No, I don't think so at all, because really what you're going to help, you know, it it spreads by those underground runners. So the more nitrogen and and potassium and phosphorus it's getting, not only is that going to help the green and the blades above ground like the nitrogen, but helping those those roots strengthen and start to spread. Yeah, I think now is a good time. And, you know, you may want to get on a regimen where you're doing it two or three times a year. But generally, mm-hmm. unless it does start to kind of fade away or there's some cause for it, you know, maybe if it's getting, I don't know, too much shade or too much moisture, you know, other than, than environmental conditions, if it is starting to just kind of uh, peek out a little bit, yeah, fertilizer's going to help. Oh, great. I'm glad I called. I appreciate you so much, ma'am. And uh, I'll take your advice, and I'll call you back and let you know how it comes out. I can't wait. Thank you so much, J.D. I always love hearing from you. Have a great weekend, dude. 
Yes, ma'am. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. 404-872-0750. See how easy that was? That's it. You call in and you get it. And J.D. and I, we talked off air for a number of years. He would call to get through to Walter and I would just talk to him first before I put him on the air to Walter. And Walter's like, why have you been on the phone so long to call her, you know, on, on, the, on caller line three? And I was like, oh, I'm just talking to J.D., just seeing what's going on. So, all right, 619. I know Mike Shields is waiting his turn to update you on the traffic and weather. And we'll be right back. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. So a lot more of these afternoon thunderstorms. They seem to be limited to what? maybe 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. and then they go away. But that's going to be the case today. Your weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. A mix of sun and clouds, a few isolated showers and thunderstorms, mainly afternoon and evening high of 88 today and tomorrow and the rest of the week. A little bit of a carbon copy for that same forecast. Highs throughout the week are in the mid to upper 80s. Green and growing. Green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. All right, number one, watch out for lace bugs like bio-advanced tree and shrub insect control. That works on beetles too. Uh, Lace bugs, you're going to see the symptoms in the leaves, right? They're going to start to have a little bit of a lacy appearance. Number two, fertilize flower beds and pots to keep everything colorful and blooming. Slow-release granular fertilizer uh, maybe every four weeks. And then every one to two if you're using water-soluble fertilizer. Um, I like Osmocote, and they call that smart release, but basically that's a slow-release granule as well. We'll get a little more into that, really, in in less than 10 minutes with Walter. I've got some great questions about fertilizers for him. And number three, just be water-wise. You know, you need to uh, adjust automatic sprinkler times when it rains. The ones going out of my neighborhood were literally on this morning, and I just face-palmed that because we got so much rain yesterday. Um, Water in the early morning to avoid evaporation. So really anything before 9, 10 a.m. is really going to be most effective for you. Watering in the evening, that can bring on disease and fungus and things because it's not giving everything a chance to dry out. So there you go. All right, really quick, I want to hear this. Robert and Tucker, you're an expert on Mondo grass. What's your advice for J.D.? Good morning. Do nothing. Uh, (laughs) That's the thing about the wool carpet of uh, ground covers. Mondo, you don't have to do anything. Uh, the thing about it is you're going to be dead before your your yard is going to be covered. Wow. It's, it's slow growing. I mean, people will mondo lawns in New Orleans uh, mm. to their families. Uh, but the thing, the thing about it is, it is uh, there is a fertilizer, which Walter and yourself discussed one time, Real quick, Especially, let's let's have it because I've but, only got about thirty seconds. I don't have it because oh. it's a, in the you know we're in the lily family, uh-huh. and uh, if you want, there is a specific uh, that you can put spread on your mondo. What is it? But I don't know. Oh, Walter, you, you'll just you'll discuss that with Walter. Okay. It is because it's in the lily family. Okay, that's but, that's a good suggestion, Robert. I may bring that up if I've got time with Walter here at the bottom of the hour. And JD, too, I mean, like Robert's saying, may not need fertilizer, but hey, spring is going to be a good time for an application as well as everything's really starting to feed and grow out. Robert, thank you so much. I wish we had more time. Got to go. Robin Walensky doing news, weather, and traffic, and we'll be back with Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. Stay tuned to WSB. Side. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and 
Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Just after 6.30 on your Saturday morning. Hey, Ashley Frasca, Green and Growing. Time for this. Walter's Wondering. Walter's Wondering. The definitive questions and answers from WSB's OG garden guru, Walter Reeves. I don't know of anybody else on this show that has their own theme song. (laughs) So we're cutting right to the chase. There he is on the phone, Walter Reeves. Good morning. Good morning, Ashley. So um, did you know that we can allow visitors back in the WSB studio? So I'm just throwing it out there. Anytime you want to get up and drive in, just like the old uh-huh. days, to be here with me in person, you let me know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Excuse now. Be in bed at 6.30 or go to the station at 6.30. Uh, yeah. I think I should be in bed. You've paid yeah, your dues. You, yeah. 26 years, I think you paid your dues. Well, we're just glad you uh, you wake up early with us every Saturday to do this. And this is something that has been top of mind um, in my you know, top three things to do that I'm going to reveal during the show. I'm reminding people now is a good time to maybe fertilize flower beds and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, keep those colorful flowers coming, whether they're perennials or just summer annuals. But I got to thinking, and that's dangerous, Walter, uh, different types of fertilizers, shelf stability, how to burn oh. your plants and why you don't want to do that. So um, let's start off with some basics here. When we're buying fertilizers, there are so many great ones that are targeted to specific plants. For example, like an azalea, camellia, rhododendron fertilizer or an orchid fertilizer. But tell us the difference between the ones that we buy that may be slow release and the ones that are just water soluble and they're gone in an instant. Yeah, what if we divide between organic and inorganic fertilizer? Would that be okay too? Sure, yes. absolutely, because we're talking vegetable gardens. Yeah, Maybe folks yeah, want to be sure. organic, sure. Sure. So an organic fertilizer is one that, one that used to be a plant or something that was processed by some other creature. So if it used to be some grass that got processed by a horse, we call it horse manure, and that's a fertilizer. It has nutrients that plants like to, like to eat. And if it's some corn and a chicken processor, then that's chicken manure, and chicken manure is another uh, product that has a lot of nutrients that plants need. So organic fertilizers in general are fertilizers that were derived from plants initially. They got processed in the in the intestines, I guess, the gut of an animal usually. And the product that comes out is then labeled as a organic fertilizer, an organic fertilizer. Whereas the inorganic fertilizers are all made pretty much in a factory. You can make nitrogen phosphate and ammonium uh, nitrate urea always is in a factory and a lot of people believe that the factory made fertilizers are not as good for the soil as the organic fertilizers that came from a plant originally are so that's the difference between the two and you know it's interesting when you're looking at the labels of certain fertilizers and you see this rectangular logo and it says OMRI. That means uh-huh. that product has been reviewed and approved by the Organic Materials Review Institute. And basically exactly. when the company applies, the OMRI kind of reviews the products, uses, you know, a strict criteria of organic standards. Um, but yeah. things can be organic, certainly, and not have been, um, you know, certified by the OMRI, but that's just something to look out for maybe, right? And you mentioned earlier about slow release and fast release. And that's the characteristic of the organic fertilizers. Is that typically, they don't dissolve in water immediately. It takes a little while for the 
uh, fungi and bacteria and other things in the soil that are beneficial to break them down, to break down that little last piece of nitrogen into nitrate nitrogen, which the plant is what, what the plant loves to have is nitrate nitrogen. And whether it came from a piece of corn that a chicken ate or whether it came from a factory, the plant really doesn't care, you know, <laughs> it yeah. wasn't nitrate nitrogen. But if you have nitrate nitrogen in your manure, you also have other micronutrients in there. You have some sulfur and some calcium and some molybdenum and all the other different little micronutrients that would not be in factory fertilizers. And that's why the organic fertilizer, people believe that their organic fertilizer is superior. It has more good things in it for the soil, to feed the soil. I mean, we could be talking a difference of, you know, something that's slow release, you may not have to fertilize, but every four to six weeks, whereas something yeah, water-soluble, right. one to two weeks. That's a lot more often, you know, if you yeah. if you are forgetful, like me, and it's hard to stay on top of those things, maybe slow release may be the way to work for you. And exactly. does it just depend, you know, if you use granular versus something that you've watered down, you know, and it's and it's a liquid fertilizer? Well, the... <clears throat> The liquid fertilizer obviously is going to dissolve in water, so it is very water soluble. But Miracle Grow is the best example of that the blue Miracle Grow mm-hmm. high slate fertilizer. And it's very water soluble. You put in a tablespoon per gallon and sprinkle that over your plants. But like you said, sometimes that only lasts. The nitrogen and the phosphorus and the potassium in that fertilizer only lasts for a couple of weeks. You got to fertilize again, fertilize again, fertilize again. And if you go on vacation or just forget, like it's more likely for me, then you don't know if you're feeding your plants properly or if you give them enough fertilizer during the season. Yeah, and something like an osmocote, too, that's granules. And, you know, the, the water breaks those apart, but then the nutrients are really released with the change in temperature. So a lot of exactly. um, fertilizers like that will kind of kick up to high gear, you know, with the right temperatures and the sunlight during the day and all that. Osmocote, I love osmocote because, as you say, it's sort of artificially made slow release. They put a coating around the nutrients, around the granules, and that coating dissolves in water. Sometimes the temperature uh, enhances it, sometimes the microorganisms help, help to break it down. <clears throat> but the coating around the milorganite, the I mean, is what keeps it from dissolving all at once. And when you have it dissolve over a, a week or six week or nine week period, well, wow. that's great. You don't have to fertilize it you know, once every nine weeks. That's terrific. Yeah. All right, now let's talk to people about maybe um, inaccurate use of fertilizers and ways that they can actually have fertilizer burn on their plants. Let's let's tell them maybe two or three ways to avoid that happening. Like, don't fertilize and then not water it in. That's one. Yeah. I just had a lady this <clears throat> past week sent me a picture of a bless her heart of a magnolia tree. She planted two years ago, I think, and her yard guy, who's not a qualified yard guy, just some guy she sort of hires off and on, had taken a bunch of, this bag, 10, 10, 10, and dissolved it in water and watered her magnolia tree with this fertilizer water, 10, 10, 10 water. Mm-hmm. That is really, really concentrated fertilizer. It burnt the stew out of that plant. Oh, All the leaves on it are completely brown, completely brown. And I pretty much have no doubt the roots were burned. It's dead now. So, she or he over-fertilized by just not knowing what to, what to do. It's 10 to 10 in water is totally not what you're supposed to do. So over-fertilizing, maybe yeah. not using the right fertilizer for the right you know situation that you've got, uh, not yeah. diluting it or watering it down right away. And then, like you said, maybe a classic symptom, and would all plants respond that same way with crispy brown leaves or are there other symptoms? Burn them up. Yeah, because it burns the roots, and the roots, <clears throat> when they can't absorb water anymore, before it's a turn brown. 
And then that's uh, that's it, right? The plant's a goner. I didn't hold out much hope. Oh. <laughs> sort of like, I just oh. said, oh, honey. Mm. Oh, honey, if you want to try digging all the dirt off the top of the soil, off of the roots, and try to water it in real, real good, try to dissolve the fertilizer away from the roots, maybe that'll help. But prayer is about all you got right now. <laughs> that a little digging. That's about all you can do. Mm. Now, let me share with everybody something that you said over the years that has really stuck by me. And it's just easy to remember when you're looking at fertilizer, 10, 10, 10, or whatever the numbers may be, that is NPK, when you know what you're shopping yeah. for, NPK, those are the um, elements. The, nitrogen, you know, phosphorus, and potassium. Yep. Nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. Yeah. Yep. So that last one, K, potassium, just like bananas. Um, <laughs> yeah. So when we're looking at that, you always said up, down, and all around. Explain right. that, how each one of those elements works. The first one, nitrogen, mostly causes a plant to grow up. So if you put a lot of nitrogen on your lawn, then that will make that grass grow, 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 grow. Corn, boy, it makes corn grow great. So nitrogen, the first number, makes the upper part of the plant grow. The second number is phosphorus. And that typically is used for energy storage and for things that enhance root growth. And so we said that's the down part of the fertilizer, phosphorus. And the last one is potassium. All around, because potassium is used to strengthen the cell walls of the plant and make sure the plant uh, will stand up straight. It has energy conversion factors in it as well. And so when you have NPK, you can also say up, down, all around, and it describes what each one of those numbers does for the plant. That is excellent. All right, one more fertilizer question for you as we are uh, really growing and, and getting invigorated by this fertilizer conversation. Uh, shelf stability. So whether you've got it, you know, in a plastic container, whether it's in one of those nice little bags that has a zipper at the top, um, talk to us about how long they're effective and how we properly store them. One of the organic fertilizers is called blood meal. It's just dried blood and processed beef, which is sanitary. That's a good fertilizer, but it has a shelf stabilization of about a week because a possum got his mind and ate it all up. So don't put blood milk where the possums can get to it or no. they will eat it and you won't have it for a while. <laughs> I can't blame them. I'm sure that was a happy, a happy, happy possum, but the organic fertilizers and the inorganic fertilizers, as long as keep them dry, dry and uh, cool, would be nice. They'll last for a lot, particularly inorganic fertilizers, 10 to 10 and Lawn fertilizers, things like that, they don't lose their their, um, their workings for at least a year, two to three years sometimes. Oh, as long as they don't get wet, I think they'll be fine. That's good news. All right. Well, Walter, you've been most helpful. Thank you so much. And uh, next week, I read this great article in the AJC about invasive yeah. plants and how it's Ooh, affecting yeah. folks in Brookhaven. Yeah, I want to delve that's deeper into that for next Saturday. So that's just another reason to get you up early on a Saturday morning. I'll study it beforehand. I love it. All right. You take it easy, Walter. We'll talk to you next Saturday. Coming up, your calls, 404-872-0750. Going to step out now on Green and Growing to check traffic and weather. And, hey, don't forget, follow me on the Facebook page. Just search Green and Growing WSB on Facebook. It's Ashley Frasca and Walter Reeves. We'll be back after this. Scott Slade here on your WSB Weekend. Enjoy Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca and Dave Baker's Home Fix-It this morning on 95.5 WSB. The WSB News Team, meteorologist Kirk Mellish and I will be here Monday morning with Atlanta's Morning News. Here's Ashley. Nothing like good bumper music to get you moving on a Saturday morning. Hey, glad you're waking up. 
With 95.5 WSB, now your weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing so you can plan your weekend. Yeah, we're going to have afternoon and evening thunderstorms today, tomorrow. Very similar days, 30% chance of showers both days. Highs around 88, lows in the low 70s. Green, Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right, I can't wait to talk to Kristen in just a minute with a question about sun patients and Bruce, uh, more about Mondo grass. JD in College Park started off a great conversation with that. But very quickly, number one, just be water wise, guys. It's going to rain all week, so adjust your automatic sprinkler times and water when you have to when we're going through droughts, which you know we probably will, early morning, usually before 9 or 10 a.m. to avoid evaporation. Um, make sure there's good airflow. I mean, there's nothing that beats properly spacing and planting things out so that there's good airflow in the plants to reduce disease and fungus and all that. Uh, Number two, watch for lace bugs. Keep a close eye on the leaves of some of your shrubs and plants. BioAdvanced Tree and Shrub Insect Control works on beetles too, so that's a good blue bottle to have on hand. And number three, fertilize flower beds and pots to keep colorful blooms coming. Slow release granular fertilizers every four weeks. You heard Walter say something water soluble every week or two. Those are going to leach through the soil a lot more quickly. All right, 404-872-0750 as promised. Up next is Kristen in my hometown of Woodstock. Hey, good morning. Good morning to you. How are you? I am great. I'm, I'm so thankful you held on for a little bit, but how can I help? Well, I tried sun patients for mm-hmm. the first time in my front garden. I have I have a butterfly garden, but these are the like the annual area, uh-huh. and they get plenty of sun. And the white ones did fine. The pink ones, nothing. I mean, barely mm-hmm. a bloom. It was really strange because they're kind of planted intermittently. So I, and I've replanted the pink ones twice, and they still haven't bloomed. So I'm kind of giving up on those, and I wanted advice on what can I replant or plant um, that can take me kind of through fall. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, so something, do you, does it have to be an annual? Um, no, I guess not. Cause like, I it's love... in a controlled area, though, so it can't get real tall. I've already got a butterfly garden that's blocks even the view of the neighbors. So this is more of a smaller area. Okay. Um, I love echinacea, coneflower, and that's going to come back for you. Yeah, Yeah, that's going to be really pretty. What I have yet to pick up from Pike, and I swear it's on my to-do list, celosia, the really cool little flowers that are kind of fuzzy and they point upwards um, and they come in different colors. How do you spell that? Celosia. I think it's C-E-L-O-S-I-A. Celosia. It starts with a C, okay. I know that for okay. sure. Um, but they're okay. kind of fuzzy, and they're they're purples and yellows and things like that. Oh. That's a fun one to have in a bed. Um, and okay. it attracts pollinators as well. Um, I'm trying to think. Vinca. Vinca is comparable to... Um, Vinca is comparable to impatience and some patients, kind of in the look and the size of the flower face. Okay. Um, Vinca might be a good... And I'm talking about like the bedding Vinca, not the crawling Vinca minor, right. Vinca major. Yeah. Um, those yeah, are some good suggestions. That, so. And that's so bizarre, Kristen, because um, sun <laughs> patients are so, you know, they thrive in sun. They do okay in shade. Um, they're pretty vigorous and disease resistant. You know, years ago, we had problems with downy mildew um, just killing out all the impatience. And for years afterwards, hmm. nurseries wouldn't carry impatience because of this downy mildew. And so sun patients seem to not be affected. So that really was hybridized to be a more vigorous disease resistant. I just don't know what it is about the pink that is kind of weaker. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It, it was a shock because I'd heard that they would do 
pretty much hands off, you know, which is what I like. <laughs> but um, yeah, the the white ones have done fine, and the pink ones just do not want to bloom. <laughs> How <laughs> so. funny! Yeah, so the the vinca is going to be a good one. Like vinca cora is a pretty one. That's a really beautiful white one. I know you already have some white sun patients, but with like a little bit of a pink face. Um, I don't know, geraniums, there's a couple different things, and they're all going to be really friendly to the pollinators as well. Okay, that sounds fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great morning, Kristen. Glad you you called. 404-872-0750. All right, Bruce was listening in on our conversation with Robert and J.D. about Mondo grass. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I don't hear you talk about Mondo very often. When I heard it, I thought, well, maybe I could call in with my question. Mondo lawn is about 15 years old, and it did take uh, four or five years to fill in totally. It was tight. Uh, it felt like lush carpet uh, when it really totally filled in. Didn't have to do anything to it year-round. But now, uh, leading up to my question, I have areas that moss seems to be taking over and killing out the dwarf mondo. What can I do to stop the moss? All right, I've got a perfect answer for you, Bruce. So the moss really likes the clay, the compacted soil. That's one of the three ideal conditions for moss. And, of course, shade being one, uh, moisture and kind of a wet area being number three. Um, I don't think I counted that out right. Compacted soil, shade, moisture, one, two, three. Um, So where you've got the red clay and the just compaction and the moss, you really need to loosen and amend that soil really well. So break it up, scrape that moss off, break it up and amend it maybe with organic compost or something like that, and then go back in and try the Mondo in those places. But, I mean, I would go pretty deep. I would probably go three to four inches deep at least when you're loosening that up and adding some organic matter to really fight that compaction that we have with red clay. Well, your, your, your assessment was correct without seeing the area. It's a, it's a low area, uh, high canopy, surrounded by white oak. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and it, but it's level, uh, and it's pretty moist because it drains off the hills around it. But I'll give that a try. It sounds to me like I, I need to just take up what's there, kill it again, and then put it back down. Yep. I think I would. And Bruce, that's exactly what the problem's going to be. And once you got that Mondo in, you know, it will tolerate some foot traffic and it's tough and you don't even have to mow it, but you can. So good luck with it. I think you're on the right track. Coming up to seven o'clock, we'll be back with more of your great questions. We've got some lined up already. 404-872-0750. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.